Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Title Night Podcast and the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. I'm Steph Copley, joined by Elisa Woods. Hi, Elisa. Hey, what's up? What's <laughs> going on, guys? How's it going? Just thought I'd bring a little bit of energy on this Monday morning. We're recording on a Monday morning. We typically record on Monday nights and the level of energy that Elisa just brought, I could do without probably. We were talking before this and we were both just, just kind of like chill and chatting. And I was like, oh, what if I bring the energy? It's going to, it's going to blow her mind. Who needs coffee when you have Elisa? <laughs> I do. I still wee, need wee, coffee. Wee, wee. <laughs> that was really good. Thank you. Do it one more time. Wee, 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 wee. That's one of those things. I apologize in advance for Elisa, everyone. <laughs> That's one of those things I do in the car and I, I don't usually bring out of the car. So, oh, well, that's thank you. We're so grateful for that sound effect. You're welcome. We really appreciate you. You're welcome. This is episode 73, and we need to thank our sponsors at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State for continuing to sponsor the podcast. Happy graduation to all of the Ivy grads and the Iowa State grads in general. I haven't thought about that song in ages. I don't know how how much of it we can sing, but... Are you really singing it? Uh It's probably not the right key either, so I think we can get away with it. I think we can too. It made me happy to see all the pictures of little baby college graduates. I know. Oh my gosh. So I was just in Ames and literally just like 30 minutes ago, I was in Ames and I was pulling out um, of this like housing area on the West side where there's a lot of students who live there. And I like pulled around the corner. I was like, what is that like 12 year old doing? (laughs) And like, what is he doing? Packing all that stuff in the trunk. And then he like got in the front seat and started to drive. And I was like, no, not not that 12 year old. And I was like, no, 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 no. 12 year old can't drive. I was like, no, 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 Elisa, you're old. Mm. They all look like that. Mm. (laughs) I know. And then I, you know, like the, um, memories pop up of our graduation pictures. Yeah. Wow. 
my skin yeah. didn't have any wrinkles. That was nice. <laughs> that was nice. Wait, what's the what's the phrase like? I keep getting older, and they just stay the same age. <laughs> That's right, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, except for I keep getting older, but I think that they keep getting younger, I and I stay too. the same age. Yeah. So. That's right. That's right. Well, congratulations, graduates. We're really proud of you, and good luck on your next endeavors. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Good luck. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hit us up if you're if you are a college graduate and you want to know how to be successful. Right, DM, DM Steph. <laughs> oh well, thank you to Ivy for the sponsorship, and also thank you to the Mississippi River Distilling Company for continuing to sponsor the whole podcast network. If you haven't, we mentioned it last time, but check out their spring drink menu. Um, there's some really refreshing stuff on there. It's oh, mrdistilling.com and check out their Twitter feed as well. That's what I need. Something refreshing. I know they have some good ones, Oof. really good ones with fruit infused stuff. And, mm. Yeah. Pretty I'm colors. Yeah. All right. So on this episode of the podcast, we need to talk some, about some breaking news. Do the breaking news noise, Elisa, since you're all about the sounders this morning. Stand by for news. <laughs> Wait, this is really, really pathetic. <laughs> the U.S. Women's National Team uh, signed a new groundbreaking collective bargaining agreement last week that we've been following for a really long time on the podcast. So we're going to talk about that. And at the end of the podcast, we have a special guest. I don't know if you've heard of him. He played defense on the Iowa State football team. He was just one of the guys. Who could it be? Who could it be? <laughs> His name is Mike Rose. Mike Rose. He will join us at the end. He was a lot of fun. He uh, handled me and Elisa's jabs pretty well. No, he I did. He, was, he did. He kind of jabbed back a couple of times. He was great. He did. Yeah. I think you guys will really, really enjoy it. So I stay think tuned that, at the I end. think he revealed that he follows you on Twitter. I think he did. And I think I kind of told him that Charlie's still my favorite and he like didn't flinch at all. So <laughs> it's too he bad like, he doesn't care. He's like, yeah, don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys will enjoy it a lot. So that's at the end of the podcast. But first, let's talk about this CBA. So what's a CBA? Collective bargaining agreement. Oh, okay. Can you keep just, up, Elisa? Keep up. Don't use the shortcuts. It's confusing. Collective me. bargaining agreement. The College Basketball Association. <laughs> yes. All right. I'll use the full term. All right. So, U.S. Men's National Team and U.S. Women's National Team and USA Soccer Federation all came together last week and signed these agreements that will guarantee same pay. Uh, between the teams when they compete in international competitions. So not only do they get equal rates of pay for individual matches, but they've also agreed to pool the unequal prize money they get from FIFA in the World Cup. And the money goes um, into that pool and then will be shared equally among members of both teams. It's That provision is believed to be the first kind of a provision in um, professional sports or any kind of you know federation around the world. And as a result, it I mean, it's truly identical, identical competition Oh my gosh. Compensation for all competitions, including the world <laughs> cup. So it's truly equal pay for equal work in its most basic form. So I read this thing and I, it blew my mind and I'm, I just read it again just now before I was going to bring it up and I have goosebumps from this. Mm -hmm. So, um, Linda Hamilton, 
who is just like a pioneer for the U.S. women's national team, was reflecting on how much women's soccer has grown Mm -hmm. um, during her Hall of Fame speech. And she said, maybe some of you don't actually know where we started. When we won the World Cup in 1991, we won the World Cup in 1991, we made $15 a day. That was it. The per diem, no salary, no bonus. That's all. $15 a day. Now think about how much your Starbucks order is. Mine's (laughs) $11.56. Yeah. Like, I know. I know. You can't even feed your, you can't feed yourself at McDonald's for three meals on $15 a day, let alone like elite athletes. I mean, they were doing, they were like, I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but they were essentially like making their own uniforms back. Yeah. I mean, it, it has come and that was, those are teams that I have. I mean, if you, if you see snippets of a, whether it's a photograph or a clip of video, I'm like, wow, I remember that. So this is in our lifetime, you guys, it's in our lifetime. Right. And the background to this is obviously that. That's where we started in 1991. And then about six years ago, when the U.S. women's national team was really at the height of their popularity in the United States, they began a a campaign to overcome what they called years of wage discrimination. Mm -hmm. And that eventually led to a federal lawsuit against U.S. Soccer Federation, which we talked about a lot on the podcast. And you'll probably remember us talking about how in 2020, they lost the majority of that lawsuit. Um, A lot of it got kicked out. But it served, that lawsuit served as the basis for the negotiations of this current CBA. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where, how we got to where we are. And I like, I think about, I try and play devil's advocate and I'm like, well, you know, the men's players are so much more popular. Okay. Here's the thing. No, no. Name a men's men's player. I'll wait. Right. Right. I Right. Like name a women's player, Megan Rapinoe. Like falls off the the tongue. I agree with the, to play the devil's advocate, I agree that worldwide men's soccer players are more popular. I don't think there's really any doubt about that worldwide, but this is the issue is I I've already seen people say, well, this is an equitable because men's soccer is more popular. Yeah. Worldwide. You're right. So in, in 2019, women's world cup has a prize pool of $30 million for everybody for this next world cup for the men. The prize pool is $450, $450 million. <laughs> so the prize pool is bigger for what men's soccer worldwide, but in the United States, the women's popularity and on top of that, their success has completely right. overcome the men. And here's and- the thing. I'm sorry, but the U S men don't need to worry about that prize pool. I'm going to tell well, you that right, right because now. they have access outside like, of, no, they don't need to worry about that prize pool. Cause oh, they ain't winning they no prizes. <laughs> like, but, sorry. but I guess what I'm saying is they get a windfall from their FIFA prize right. money because the pool is larger, despite right. being the less popular and the less successful team in the United States. Right. And they know that because here's a tidbit everyone needs to hear. The men had privately agreed to share some of their um, world cup bonus money with the women before this negotiation took place. So they knew, they knew they were aware of it. They agreed that it was inequitable and they had privately agreed to do it before this CBA came to fruition. Okay. So who was that making that decision? Like, was that the players union? Was that like, it wasn't the union. It was just the representatives of, well, you mean the private decision? It yeah. sounds like it was yeah, a the few players one. on the, the men's national team. Okay. 
Yeah. I like so that. it was the players themselves. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So they knew. And then when they came to the table to negotiate this time, it kind of sounds like everybody was like, it's, it's, yeah. time. you know, like we've, we agree that this is a long time coming. It's overdue. Let's do this. Yeah. And I mean, if you're like a huge soccer lover, yes, you know, a bunch of the players on the men's of soccer course. team, but if you are not a huge soccer lover, you still probably know a lot of the women on the women's team. Yeah. And like, it's like, I just, I cannot, I can't figure it out because it's like, well, like the only, the only argument is, well, they're men. Like that's the only argument because it's like here in the U S the women are more marketable than the men. And they've proven that. I mean, they're not only have they themselves as individuals proven this, there are studies out there that they brought in the lawsuit. And the reason the lawsuit was kicked out in 2020 was not on its merits. It was because they had already agreed to a CBA collective bargaining agreement. They had already agreed to a collective bargaining agreement that they couldn't get out of. It was not because the judge said, well, your arguments don't, you know, don't stand up. No, it's because they were stuck in a contract. So then when this contract expired, they came to the table. Um, U.S. Soccer Federation knew it was time to change it. Obviously, the women were advocating for change and the men agreed to it as well. And there's some other cool features. Um, For a long time, the women were complaining about the quality of the field surfaces. Um, Hmm. They were dangerous. And that was part of the lawsuit that they brought in uh, whatever year that was a couple of years ago that didn't get kicked out. So the CBAs agree, or sorry, guarantee equal quality of field surfaces now, equal hotel accommodations. They now have the same travel for budget. And this is something that the men get that they didn't have before. They now get childcare during their teen camps, which has previously oh. only provided to the women. The men. So, what's that? So the men get the men child get child care, care now. Yep. And the women whoa. have already had it. Yes. I so, dig that. I dig it too. And I think this is I, you know, that's a small snippet, but I think this is just some cool proof that they're seeking equity and equality for both sides. And yeah. they're trying to come into this. Oh, it's 2022. It's ni- 1970 anymore. Yeah. So I, I, I really have an idea. That. That? How about in all of the stadiums where the men and women play in the men's bathrooms, we put There's a changing, changing table. <laughs> Why is there not? I, oh, this has been like, something I know has irked me for before I, I was even a mom. I know Why do men's bathrooms in every, in a target, in a church in a soccer yep. stadium why do they you all know what I, and i just tables? thought of is that there's one in our church and there's nothing stopping me from going to get a changing table and putting it in the men's bathroom arnold goes to change the kid change malcolm just as much as i do mm-hmm. i'm gonna do that do it if anyone has a changing table i can have it can be crappy let me know i'm, I'm seriously sure someone will yeah because that's i'm awesome. gonna take it and i need to put it in our men's bathroom yeah do it But anyway, um, we digress, um, going forward. I just think this has been a black eye on, on us soccer for a long time. It's, um, it's scared some sponsors away. And I hope that this will increase revenue streams for both teams. And I hope that this is, I don't think the men's team and the women's team were ever privately, um, fighting each other. You know, I don't, I don't think they were ever at odds from a private or personal perspective, but it didn't ever look good from an outsider's perspective. So I hope this allows them the opportunity to work as partners as opposed to adversaries. 
And something you said about how it gave you goosebumps. I'm super, super proud of this. This Mm -hmm. has been a very highly contentious issue, the equal pay for equal work, not just in soccer, but in literally all professions. Mm -hmm. And in this particular instance, it was very hotly contested. There was a lot of bad blood between the women's team and U.S. soccer. It was in the public eye. All of it was airing out publicly. And I guess as a result of this, I have this feeling like if they can do it, why can't it happen Mm -hmm. elsewhere? If something that is this contentious and, um, you know, hotly debated can happen here, why can't we do it in a, in an office or Mm -hmm. why can't we do it in other scenarios where we know the women are earning less despite providing equal, Mm -hmm. equal, equal or better work. So I just, and how about in professions that are dominated by women, like teachers, nurses, stuff like that, that like how much, how much money do teachers bring in? I mean, how much, how much money for the school do teachers bring in every year? Nothing. They don't bring in anything. School's free. (laughs) Like this is not like, that's not a, a for-profit entity. Yet we realize that what they're doing is valuable. Of course. And the, the professions that have been dominated and are typically seen as female jobs, Mm -hmm. jobs that mostly women have are underpaid. That's just, that's a fact. Yeah. I mean, it's a proven fact and guess what? The men in those fields will benefit as well. So if you're all worried, if, all you're worried about are boys, then guess what? Boy teacher will be get as much as girl teachers. (laughs) Don't worry. It's just, you know, it's one of those things where we have statistics that prove it. Um, and in addition to anecdotal stories, and obviously this, this is one of the biggest changes in sport. I mean, I think it's one of the biggest advances in equal pay for equal work in sports that we'll probably see in our lifetimes. And I just, am really hopeful that it opens the door for change in other, other ways as well. Yeah. Sorry. We were trying to keep this short, but both of us kind of ranted. Yeah. It's okay. It's a, it's a happy ending for once. It wasn't a kick to the jockstrap. Once it was a (laughs) A kick to the jockstrap or a kick to the ovaries. Well, you know, I was, it's whatever, both kick to the sports bra. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Kick to the thong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Heck no. I would never wear a thong while I was playing soccer. Of course not. Of okay. course not. <laughs> All right. Let's give a shout out to our new Iowa State basketball commit, Audie Crooks, uh, over the weekend. I guess it was last week. Um, she participated in state track and she captured a 1A shot put championship. And then wasn't it a discus championship as well? I don't know, but she's my favorite. She is a badass. She is my favorite. And the first ISU basketball game I go to, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait outside for her to come out. That sounds (laughs) creepy, but that sounds so creepy. Don't (laughs) say that out loud. So I can like high five her and tell her that she's going to wait amongst. I'm really proud of her. Exactly. Yes. Ask for her autograph and give her a high five. You know, I knew what you meant. I had to make it sound creepy because that's what I do. It is what you do. You're very good at that. You're very, Um, very good at that. You were not supposed to agree with that. I'm sorry. You're not creepy at all. Thanks. Do you have any other shout outs before we take a break and get to Mike? Uh, We have a shout. What was my shout out? That there are two amazing, awesome uh, high high schoolers. Man, I already lost it because I got so excited about that soccer thing. Here it is. Alyssa and Giselle Thompson became the first high school athletes to sign Nike NIL deals. 
I love it. They're soccer players. They look like BAs. And Are they I, sisters? I mean, they have the same last name. So I'm okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah they're sisters. Um, multi-year name image likeness deal. The two are members of the U.S. national team system, both committed to Stanford, which is a great soccer mm-hmm. program. Um, so remember those names. Yeah, I would guess that I I would venture to guess that these ladies play in a World Cup um, pretty soon. Probably sooner than later. Yeah, actually. Yep. Um, are they, are they high school seniors? Do we know if they're committed to Stanford? I just wonder, I'm curious about the, um, the NIL stuff bleeding into high schoolers. Yeah. And this is the first from what I've seen. And it's maybe not the first ever, but this is one of the first NIL deals for not current collegiate athletes. Yeah. That I've seen. So that'll this, be interesting. Yeah. This doesn't say, but it does say that the news came a couple of days after Nike announced their deals with Stanford golfer, Rachel Heck. So, um, I mean, a female golfer getting yeah. an NIL yeah. deal with Nike. Like, That's right. You know, Nike, the lead. <laughs> kudos to Nike. I think they've, um, they've, it seems like they've gone out of their way to target women and women in sports that are not necessarily mainstream. Yeah. So good, good work. We've come Thank a long you. way since Allison Felix. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you don't know us, sure. if you don't know that story, look it up. Yes, but. please. Yeah. Um, and then what did you say about, you read me a statistic about hockey before we started that. Oh yeah. Cause there's a way more women liking hockey than they have. Have you the watched past. any of the playoffs? I have not. I've passively watched. I, I just, I truly am very ignorant when it comes to hockey, both like the, the NHL itself and the rules and things like yeah. that. But I passively watched more this year than I ever have. That's so one for of those... whatever reason, I fall into that statistic. Do you have it up? <laughs> yeah. That's one of those sports that like, I watch the highlights and I enjoy yeah. the highlights better than I enjoy watching the yes. whole game, but the NHL's female fa- fan base is on the rise. This is according to the gist, which is like, if you like women's sports, that's a great place mm-hmm. to get, um, get news. The number of women watching the hockey league on us cable TV rose 61% during the 21, 22 regular season and 73% on ESPN alone. That's wild. That is a huge jump. And I have been saying for many years, I learned this when I was in college studying sport management, that the, the fastest growing demographic of sports fans are female Mm -hmm. and that's still the case. Yeah. I mean, we've continually seen that over the last couple of years, especially. Yep. Yeah. That's wild. Well, can count me into that for passively watching. I'm (laughs) part of that statistic. We're all just a statistic after all. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> depress just end this on a depressing note speaking of depressing do you need your will done <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm sorry hopewood we love you but everybody should get their will done because death is inevitable <laughs> oh my gosh Seb. okay email me this copy and next week i'm gonna read hopewood stuff <laughs> Oh, Hopewood is delightful. She is sincerely wonderful. I keep saying this, but I mean it. If you need your will done and everybody should have it truly, even if you're in the best of health, like me and Elisa, you need to check her out. Go to hopewoodjd.com. She has her awesome will in a day program. It's easy and fast. And she is, she's so much fun to chat with. And you can use the code fanatic for $50 off her will on the day program. Love it. Do it. Shout out to my brother for leaving me everything. If him, if him and his partner die. 
he you told me to be, well, he, he told, told me you. that this week he told you but have you seen his will because he might be lying to well you. he's not lying <laughs> uh sorry hope but i hope we made you laugh all right let's take a quick break and then we'll get to our interview with mike rose um like i said i think you guys will really enjoy it we are brought to you by authentic brand authentic brand is more than just your source for official cyclone gear with an amazing team of designers authentic brand can custom manufacture polo shirts jackets caps bags and beyond for your team or small business check them out online at authentic-brand.com look authentic feel authentic be authentic another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, guys, we are being joined by Mike Rose, the former Iowa State football defensive legend and recent Kansas City Chiefs signee. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me. And I, I appreciate the intro on uh, legend. That's, uh... <laughs> I was trying to flatter you. Did it work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it was weird, too. The former kind of threw me off. I've, I've been here. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, you're not, a, I mean, you'll always be a cyclone, but you're technically yeah, not, not a cyclone sure. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit, let's just go backwards in your journey to the, to the chiefs and tell us a little bit about the combine, because I just think it's, um, from a fan perspective, it's one of the strangest things <laughs> to watch yeah. just because, you know, they're measuring so many strange things and you're yeah. having to perform. Um, obviously you're used to playing football in front of a lot of people, but not necessarily those skills specifically. So tell us a little bit about what that was like and if it was strange or nerve wracking for you. Yeah, no, the, you know, the whole combine prep, all that process is just, it's really different. And, you know, it's, you know, you go right from one season essentially into another, you know, just, you know, training on all those things that you're just not used to, like running, te- running technique, you know, and there's so many techniques to all those drills, agility drills and stuff like that too. Um, so the prep is super stressful because, you know, you know, it's going to end up being a big deal at the end of the day for your draft stock. And then like just hop into the combine. Um, it's pretty intense. Um, they definitely you know, do a good job at testing you a little bit, you know, whether that's, you know, interviews late, waking up early and doing stuff, you know, they try to get, uh, you know, medical and you're in the hospital a lot. I mean, they're just trying to figure out everything about you. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of feel like a test subject in a way. Yeah. I mean, you just really got to be on your toes, um, the whole time. And, you know, so it's definitely something, you know, but like part of it, like I was trying to remind myself during it was just like, you know, I'm just super blessed to be in the position, you know, a lot of people, you know, probably dream of doing this, but actually being in it, it was just like, yeah, this is a lot, you know? So I imagine it's like when you're in like elementary school and you do the sit and reach or you run the mile or something like that. It's totally <laughs> like, like that. Exactly yeah, it's, like it's, that. It's like that, but not as fun and way more stressful. <laughs> not as fun. You had fun running the mile. Oh, I love it. Oh. <laughs> 
I love that growing up. And, I did. I I did excel in the sit and reach. I'll Were tell you, you one that. of those presidential award winners, Alisa, oh, in the sit no. and reach. No, I could I could I could sit and reach all day. I couldn't pull myself up anywhere. <laughs> I I remember. Um, the sit and reach used to haunt people with the presidential award. Yes, it did. You know, really good athletes, uh, the sit and reach would get them. And then what, what was below the presidential, like the red one or something? I yeah, forget. I remember that. But I just remember the presidential one being like the coveted award out of all those. <laughs> yeah. So weird. So yeah, weird. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, that's, Maybe that's where the combine was born out of those presidential yeah. awards. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? You guys so, just kind of stand around and watch the other guys doing it as well. Or is it just you do yours and you move? move on yeah so it's pretty it's pretty like difficult in a sense too like we warmed up like super early right and it's really like it's a lot of like all right the tv slots like you know so it gets spread out a lot so you know it's really like you're warming up and then for like my situation like i was just trying to stay warm the whole time so like when other people were going i was just like stretching you know we got had like a lot of thera guns and was just trying to stay loose but like honestly, like there was a couple people that I worked out with who were linebackers at the combine. So like I was kind of around them, you know, maybe just chopping it up a little bit. But other than that, like you're just like locked in on like what you gotta do next. So like it's not like you are like super intrigued about what other people are doing. So how did you feel coming out of the combine and into draft weekend? Um, you know, I felt I felt pretty good. Um you know, it's one of those things where like your agents, like they try to do their best job to figure out, you know, where you're going to go. And, you know, we thought we, I had a good chance at getting drafted. Um, you know, personally, I, I think I should have, I mean, as anyone would, um, we think you should have too, for what it's, yeah, worth. we agree. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. But, uh, no, it was just one of those things where like, you know, we kind of had an idea, but you, you don't like a hundred percent know. And, um, but I knew going into the weekend that I probably wasn't going to be, you know, a super high pick, you know, like a day two or early day three guy. So I, I knew that going into it, but I was definitely surprised uh, at the end of it. But I mean, I knew I was going to go to the Chiefs about what, 10, 15 minutes after. Yeah. yeah. I was just going to ask you because almost immediately after the draft ends, we find out you signed with the Chiefs. So yeah. what, I mean, how did that process play out? Did do you get a call? Do you call yeah. them? Do your people call their people? What does that look like? So yeah, a lot of like undrafted, um, free agents, like they, you know, you'll get calls late in the draft and, you know, sometimes in a sense, it's just, you know, teams are, Hey, like we want to take you this, that, but at the end of the day, sometimes I feel like they maybe just were trying to like get a good relationship with you. So you'd sign with them, you know? So yeah, but who knows, you know, um, some could be, you know, really, really standing on the table and, you know, advocating for your draft pick, but, um, you're definitely getting calls towards the end of it. And then, you know, it's more so like, you know, your agents communicating and stuff like that. So by the time the draft ends, you kind of have a good idea as it, as it winds down, you have a good idea of, uh, you know, where you're going to end up going. That's, that's why it happened so quick after. What was, was it relief? Yeah. Um, at that point, was it, did you feel joyous or what was your emotion and the emotion of your family and friends around you at that point? Um, I, I, I like just being honest, like, I don't think my draft day is going to be something that like, I look back at and we're like, that was awesome. Oh, yeah, I wonder. No, I mean, that. no, it's, cool, it's though, true. Of course. Especially too, like, 
I feel like I have a really good shot, you know, at being successful in this league. So it'd just be like one of those stories that like I could, I could tell again, you know? Yeah. So. Well, and we know you're a competitive guy and I have yeah. to imagine not hearing your name kind of lift, lit a fire under your ass a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to prove people wrong. Yeah, no, that's a definitely what the mindset was. So we but, watched the yeah. last dance last night and it just yeah. makes me think about how Jordan was like, and I took and that I took personally. personally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, like yeah, maybe, my girls took that, that personally. Meme. Maybe we could use that meme in like two to three years or something. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. You are, a, you're not, you didn't grow up a Chiefs fan. Were you a Browns fan growing up? Did I read that somewhere? I was a Browns fan, okay. yeah. Well, not anymore, I assume. No, not anymore. <laughs> I mean, the thing is with like, the more the NFL becomes a reality, like, yeah. or like, I'll just like give you a story. Like, cause when you're in college, right. And it's just different because when you grow up like idolizing like football players and like people at that level and like you actually like are in that in a sense like especially being in Iowa and stuff and at Iowa State like it was just one of those things where it was just like you know I'm just a normal person you know like what well, you know but you obviously kids are going to idolize you know um you know the you people don't they feel like it to. when you're in it type of thing no when you're in it it's yeah. just like oh whatever like you know <laughs> so that's something that like the fandom like once you're in like the industry in a little bit like the fandom kind of goes down in a sense you know yeah, yeah so. that makes sense so after the draft like we said you signed with the chiefs what happens do you pack up and head to kansas city and move in for a rookie minicamp or the logistics of all of this just fascinate me because it's so yeah. quick and fast moving yeah so day one and day two guys like rounds one through three they they'll pack up like they'll like red eye or yeah to their new city for like interviews and stuff but day three people we just wait until i think i flew out of like cleveland on uh thursday so and then yeah so like the next weekend's mini camp i mean mini camp can either be the weekend after or the weekend next so we flew out to mini camp you know had about 50 60 i don't know there's a lot of people there because there's a lot of like invitees um and yeah i mean it was just a bunch Is it of kind of like moving into the dorms and aims all over again <laughs> just on a yeah, slightly it's, it's more important scale <laughs> yeah well it just feels like a mini fall camp in a yeah. sense you know because you're just doing stuff all day you know scrambling you know trying to learn as much as you can in, in that weekend but uh yeah, me and my one roommate were just kind of joking around how it like, just feels like we're uh, like in August, like getting ready to play a season or something. So you're in OTAs right now. Can you just kind of walk us through what a day in the life of, you know, a, a rookie is right now? Yeah, um, it's definitely a lot. Um, it's just, you know, it's kind of, you kind of get thrown into the fire a little bit. I mean, you have to, you know, a lot of these guys, you got to think they've been in the league for what? could be anywhere from, you know, one year to 10, 12, you know, it's crazy. So a lot of these people have a really good grasp on what's going on. And like, as a rookie, it's like, you know, we're integrated with the team now, obviously, but, you know, as a rookie, you're just really trying to catch up. You know, you got the, the team meetings, you know, the team walkthroughs or whatever that is. And then you got tons of rookie meetings on top of it, just cause it's, it's just catch up, you know? for the, the people that are in your room and who are rookies. So again, it kind of feels like, you know, fall camp a little bit. Um, it's just a lot of, a lot of work and like, 
it's just one of those things where it's just like you just got to keep learning as much as you can, soak in as much as you can from veterans, ask a lot of questions. You know, it, it feels a lot like uh, how you are when you're, you know, a freshman coming on campus, like in the summertime, like after you're just a senior in high school. So was there stuff that like you weren't expecting? Like I heard today you had a little bit of media training. I mean, yeah. is there any sort of training that you're like, whoa, I didn't even know I needed <laughs> to know that? Um, not, not necessarily. I mean, the only thing that is different from like the college level, cause we got a lot of that too at Iowa state is really just like, um, you know, like being smart with your money and like financial mm -hmm. advisors and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but it is crazy just like being, being in a locker room, like, especially with like guys, like, you know, you did grow up like idolizing and stuff or like our, you know, big names and stuff like that. So that's like what was kind of weird yesterday, but you know, I guess it's just, the way it goes now you know did you so. fangirl over anyone you have to tell us the truth brad will tell us if you're lying um <laughs> no i didn't i'm one of those guys who is just like uh i don't know i'm just i don't i i just you seem pretty like it's, chill it's better to go about it just like especially as like a rookie or like a freshman like i take the approach of like talk less and like if i'm gonna talk like let my you know work on the field do that you know yeah, that makes sense that makes so, sense. Yeah. Well, I still think you're lying a little bit, but we'll get the dirt on it later. <laughs> yeah. No, you got, I mean, yeah, you guys can think whatever you want. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, hey, guys, take ahead, this Elisa. to Twitter. Take this to Twitter. <laughs> fight it out there. All right. Obviously, oh, you were a mainstay in the Iowa State defense. You're a four-year starter, mm -hmm. conference defensive player of the year, school record and tackles, no big deal. Um, but that yeah. was in the Cyclones 335 stack, and now you're learning yeah. a new defense with the Chiefs. Where do you think yeah. you fit in, or, or what do you where do you expect to fit in, or where are you hoping to fit in? Yeah, so that's something that, you know, has been kind of hard for me, like, you know, in mini camp and then like coming to OTAs is just it's a lot different, you know especially the run fits and, you know, it's just a lot of it. Um, so I feel like with me, like I feel from like what the responsibilities are for like every linebacker, like I feel like I could really do all of it, you know, but it's just it, the biggest thing for me right now is just learning it and, you know, just showing the coaches that I am versatile. And, you know, if, if we need something, a spot, another guy here, like I can do that or I can do all three. So, um, there's nothing like where I'm like, I need to be that guy. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause you know, it's, it's, a, it's, they're a lot, they're a lot similar in a lot of ways. You know, the Sam can become the mic and you know, the mic does a lot of different stuff that the Sam will do. So uh, yeah, just really just be versatile and wherever they think I should be, that's probably where I should be at. So. <laughs> yeah. I suppose that's a, that's a fair way to look at it. Yeah. They may know a thing yeah. or two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Alisa, do you have any more questions about Chiefs specific stuff before we harass them about Iowa State stuff? I was just trying to think if there was any other Iowa State players that you might have run into while you were out there. Are there any other ISU players on the team or they got invited yeah. out there? Is there anybody even that you just knew already going out there? Or are you just kind of um, out there on your own? I mean, nothing nothing on like a like a friend basis. Um I mean, I met a couple, uh, the one linebacker, Leo Chanel, we worked out together at Exos. So like I had that connection. Um, and then there's probably about, I think four rookies who are all from Northeast Ohio. So like I've had that connection. Um, so 
you know, it's just another testament of how good Northeast Ohio football is, but uh, <laughs> that's for a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I got to throw it in there. Uh, can we ask you about your, some of your former teammates? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Tell us, well, I guess first question is how cool was it? I know obviously you were disappointed of not hearing your name over a draft weekend, but how cool was it to see some of your teammates and I'm sure best friends get drafted? Yeah. Um, it was definitely like an awesome experience for me and I know it was for them, but just like to see like the work that like all those guys put in firsthand, um, you know, whether that was, Charlie, I'm really close with Charlie, Brees, and Brock. I mean, I roomed with Brock and Brees, and I, I, you know, I know how hard they work and how hard Charlie works. And then me and Annie stayed uh, in Arizona together for combine prep together. And, you know, seeing him, you know, really put his best in everything he was doing and like have it pay off like that was just super cool. Um, but, you know, and then even the other guy, like Hummel, my boy, like he got signed in L.A. And then, uh, you know, Chase at the Bears. So and even Schweigs, too. Um, but no, it's just it's just cool to see your friend. It's, it's just cool when you see the work firsthand, you know, so. All right. Tell us who your favorite teammate was. I can't do that. Uh, you <laughs> tell, tell us who your least I favorite was. I mean, I have multiple, but... <laughs> Those are your choices. You do your favorite or your least favorite. Um, no, nah, I mean, I, I was like super close with Jake, Charlie, obviously Brees and Brock. Um, and then like my squad freshman year was like, uh, who like are my lifelong friends now were like, Blake Clark, Zach Peterson, Zach Ross, and like Jared Russ. So, um, and then I, like, I, I feel bad for like leaving people out because like <laughs> we're gonna Connor stick Dust, them on you. Snapper, <laughs> Mason Skogard, who was you know offensive lineman, um, Gary Vaughn. Like I mean, like literally the thing about like college with that was like I feel like there wasn't enough hours in the day to hang out with like everyone that I like really enjoyed being around, being around, you know, you seemed like a genuinely close knit team. Um, it seemed, I mean, it's, it, and it's not, it's not like BS at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it appears that way. It's, yeah. It's not, um, it's yeah. I mean, literally like there's like, and even like people that have left, like how are like, you know, don't take it for granted. Cause it's mm-hmm. real. Yeah. Who was your funniest teammate? Greg Eisworth, probably. Really? Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Well, if a lot of people do say that, and it's—I mean, it's true. Like he's just—he's uh, just like a very like goofy, funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. The best kind. But, the best kind. Exactly. Who is your most competitive teammate? It's probably gotta be Charlie. Um, <laughs> I've heard stories. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, the thing with me and Charlie was, like, it was, like, a competitive, like, back back and forth. You know what I mean? Um, but, like, there's so many competitive people. But, like, me and Chuck, like, it was always, like, you know, you know, I beat you in this rep. It's like, we would do, like, a lot of competition, like, agility stuff. And, like, we would go back, watch the film together. And, like, I, I, we'd, I'd be, like, yo, my foot was there first. And I'd be like, no, no, no. You know, like. I thought you said in this rap. 
I thought you guys were having rap battles. <laughs> no, 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 no. And I was like, who's the best oh. rapper on the team? <laughs> There's some rap battles, but not not so much uh, as there was like when I was a freshman sophomore. But oh. who's the but best? Who's the best dancer on the team? <sighs> we're gonna stump him with this question of all of them. Yeah, like, there's just, so many good dancers. And you can't uh, say yourself. You can't say yourself. No, I'm I'm not that good of a dancer. <laughs> I'll dance though. I'm not a, I'm not ashamed of dancing. <laughs> um, I don't know. Nothing that comes to the top of my head, but like I would say like Willie, Marcel, like those guys like Hakeem, David, like that squat, like yeah. they were for sure going to dance. I'm not saying every, every one of those, them was good, but <laughs> my, uh, my freshman, sophomore year, like we, like there was a lot more dancing going on in the locker room than there was. I don't know. I just don't think that many people were into it, you know? Yeah, I get it. I get it. What are you going to miss most about like Ames or Iowa State or like, the squad or like any part of your like college career. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm going to miss so much, but I would just say like the hardest part is just like leaving all those guys and like, never, like I'm probably never going to like experience like, like the camaraderie or like just being so close to like that, me and my friends ever again. And like, that's how like college is with everyone. Mm. I feel like in sense. So like, I mean, that's definitely going to be the hardest part. Um, really just missing the guys, you know, so. And hopefully I, you know, I'm playing football for a lot, for a long time. So hopefully, I, like, you know, I'll always miss like playing football in an Iowa State uniform, but hopefully I still have football to hang on to for a little bit. So we think you will. Yeah, yeah. I think. And we're the authority on this issue. So good for you. <laughs> yeah. So after OTAs, what's next for you? Yeah, so I think I'm just I'm probably gonna go back to Ames because we just have a great training set up there. So hopefully, like some of the guys come back to Ames, just train there, um, you know, stay in the playbook stuff like that. And then I may uh, go out to California to visit my little brother, um, who's out there in Palo Alto, and then maybe go home. I mean, we have four weeks, so yeah, mm-hmm. you know, but just work out and study the whole time, really. So I have two daughters. One is a committed Chiefs fan and the other is a Patrick Mahomes fan. And okay. the the Patrick Mahomes fan is four and she's very overconfident and she is convinced that she can run faster than Patrick Mahomes and throw yeah. a football further than him. Yes. So she, I, this morning I asked them both, do you have any questions for Mike? And she wanted me to ask you if you're faster than Patrick too. Uh, man, I mean, just being like a confident football player. Yeah. But, I like that answer. Uh, <laughs> She'll like it too, for what it's worth. I guess we'll see. You know what I mean? I mean, I probably, who knows if I'll be, you know, running side by side with him in practice. (laughs) If you ask him the same thing, I'm a hundred percent sure you say him. (laughs) We'll, we'll set up a time sometime for you guys to race. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Alisa, do you have anything else for Mike? I don't have anything else. Okay. This has Thank- been a joy. Yeah, this was awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. And for the record, you got on here before Charlie did. And so I'm not going to say that this makes you more of my favorite than Charlie, but it doesn't yeah. hurt your cause. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, that's kind of ridiculous if you ask me, but... <laughs> We'll relay the message, okay? Yeah, I'll, uh, you know, I can put it in a good word, too. Thanks. So. We appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. All right, well, good luck. We're going to be cheering hard for you. 
Yeah. No, thank you so, so much for having me, guys. You bet. <laughs>